Joy is for you. Welcome to the Joybringer podcast. The world is full of uncertainties, difficulty, and pain. It needs joy, and you and I can bring it, but we can't bring what we don't have. I'm so glad you've joined me today. Let's grab hold of joy and bring it everywhere we go. Hey, I'm Susan. This is the Joybringer podcast, and this is a moment. I'm having a moment over here because, you know, God just, he just cares so deeply about our dreams and our desires and the things that we wouldn't even dare say out loud. And my guest today is just an answer. It's, it's a God wink. It's a moment. It's a thing where I'm, I'm just, yeah, here, here I am. This is Natalie Lane. You may not know her name because this is, I didn't. I had no idea, but you know her sound. You have seen her Instagram videos. You've probably shared them like me, shared them a million times. <laughs> Natalie, I'm so, I'm so grateful that you're here with me right now. And we're going to be together soon in January. And um, it's the best. Ridiculous. So yeah. this is the story. I'm going to tell you. Okay. I'm ready. So I launched this podcast in technically the end of November. And then through December, I did a big Joybringers Advent series. And mm -hmm. I was talking to some friends. And I'm like, gosh, I got, I got so hung up on what song do you use as your intro? Like, you could just go deep with that. And, and who knows? And the right sound and all that. And I just couldn't find it. And I knew that I wanted a sound and I wanted the right, you know, like lyrics. I, if I could have something. And I sent um, a couple of Instagram videos to a friend. And I said, this girl... This girl is everything like bottle my heart and my spirit and put it in musical form. And this is everything. And they're like, no, listen, it's published music. There's no way you could get it. There's just no, like find something else. And I'm like, but I love her. And I, okay. So then the second thing is I'm, you know, contracted to do this big conf conference in Delaware. I'm so excited about it. And they are so excited because they have this girl. And they're like, she's a new artist. We're playing her music on on our station. Her name is Natalie Lane, and it's this new song called Amen. And I, I was like, yeah, I don't know that. I don't know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> so one day I'm like, I should probably look this girl up because they're so excited about her. I should know. I search you. I play. I press play on the Amen song, and I immediately I'm like, I don't know who that is, and I stop listening. <gasps> and then one day something clicks, and I think, huh? And I look on the Instagram, I think I probably shared another one of your videos and I just paused long enough to actually look at your name. That's yeah. right there on Instagram. And it's you it's and you are the one who's doing this conference with me. I'm so excited to be able to spend right. like a weekend with you. Can't wait. And, and it's just the whole full circle moment where the Lord's like, I know, like, I know. And you're going to be, you're going to meet her and you're going to be friends and you get to, you know, gush and tell her how she is <laughs> performing and singing and presenting out loud like all the things that are in your soul <laughs> oh that is so wild so uh, that's just my creeper story about no. how i knew you and shared you and loved you and had no idea what your name was oh well, i love that and i love how full circle that <laughs> totally. is totally okay so i have a lot of questions <laughs> because you the the stuff that comes out of your mouth and your fingers is so deep, is so real. It's so honest. It's mm. so full of joy. And I'm like, is she, you know, 65 years old? Like, 
what have you been through? Where did you come from? So I did a little diving. Sure. I know you you come from the land of Colorado Springs. The land of Narnia. But explain this to me because you as um, an incredible musician. So first of all, people may know you because of your your Instagram videos sharing about music and piano. Sure. I love, I actually was like, maybe she'll be at her piano. What did you know or not today? <laughs> like, but you, you know, you, you sit at a grand piano when you yeah. do most of your, you know, performing mm -hmm. or, or clips online. So yeah. I want to know so many things. Where does this gospel influence come from? Yeah. Because it is like deep in you, but Colorado <laughs> Springs, not really the place I'm like, oh yeah, clearly that's the no. land of gospel music. No, <laughs> not at all. So, so yeah. okay. I have a I'm, I have lots of questions. First, how it. old were you when you started playing piano? And do you remember your first piano? Mm. Yeah, I do because, well, there, I remember a few pianos being like important to yeah. my journey and my story. So um, my whole family is musical. That's the first thing. Okay. Like everybody plays, everybody sings. So it was like bound to happen. You know, <laughs> it was just in my house all the time. My mom sings um, and leads worship. And my dad plays bass and trombone. And so all these like instruments were just in our house. And I remember being super little and I think I was, I was probably three or four and they were so smart about it. Cause you know, like musical parents would make you take piano lessons. Oh like, yeah. Totally be, they're like gonna, we're going to do that, you know, but they just like bought one of those little kitty keyboards and just put it kind of like on the ground at my level and didn't say anything about it. And I like discovered it and thought it was so cool. And I was just like mesmerized by this like musical thing that I could like pluck out melodies on. And so I felt like I found it. And then I was like, right. can I take piano? Like, could I go, you know? And so they were like, yes, like, <laughs> I guess. Okay. Yeah. So I ended up just like loving it and wanting to the whole time, even though they probably would have made me. But um, so I started in like a little, you know, kids piano class and um, just like fell in love with the joy of music. Um, and then after that class, my grandma was really my first piano teacher. And oh. so I would go to her house every week and we would play music and she taught me how to read and how to um, play by ear. And so the piano that I have in my house that I do all my videos on is grandma's piano. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't. Oh gosh. Yeah, I know. Is grandma <laughs> still alive? She is. Yeah. Oh, how she precious. Is. They just downsized their house and she was like, we'd love to ship you our piano if you want it. <gasps> so, yeah. Cause that was our connection growing up too. We always loved to play together. So what a fun. gift. Yeah. What a gift. Okay. Now, did you ever get to an age where you were like, I quit. I don't want to play anymore. I don't want to practice. Oh, practicing's the worst. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> like, yeah. People who say they love to practice. I think I loved it earlier, you know, but like the day to day, like I have to sit here yeah. and do like really hard things that aren't like, that's not. And it doesn't sound good because I'm not good at it. And it sounds bad. Right. Yeah. So like, yeah. I get it, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Practicing was, practicing was tricky getting into that rhythm. And then like, especially in college when I was in music school and practicing Ugh. three or four hours a day, like that's not fun either. Right. And I would assume genres that aren't your favorite because your degree is in professional yeah. music, like music yeah. piano, right? Like, yeah, it's called commercial music, which is like all different styles of 
of playing. Right. So yeah, it may not be your favorite thing, but you have to learn to be proficient in it. And yeah, yeah, it can be tricky. So what the thing that I noticed about reading your story, mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to minimize your talent, you who you are, but what I've seen in at least the write-ups and the things that I've learned is that there have been strategic people throughout mm-hmm. your development Yeah, that that it feels like the Lord has just placed in your, in oh, yeah. your line. <laughs> it's a whole plan. It's crazy. Yeah. That yeah. have helped you, guided you, given you a chance, right? Totally. And, and this, this to me, I get, I get excited about this because the opportunities that we have on a daily basis to see something in someone and call it out, yeah. to say, yeah. I see in you something special, come stand next to me. I have yeah. something to give you, or I want to give you an opportunity to learn. So will you tell me, tell us about that and, and yeah. how the people in your life have helped you? Yeah. I give huge props to my parents on that too, because I think, you know, like parents are our first role models and they're who we see. But then like my parents put me in places where like mentorship could happen, you know, yes. they took me to church. They took me to stuff. Like, so they, they just put me in spaces where that could happen for me and where I could press into that on my own. And so um, the first place I would see that happen was at church where these like worship leaders would see something in me. And, you know, I was kind of around anyway, because my parents were involved in worship. Um, but they like, I think I was 12 years old when they asked me to yeah. leave for the first time. Yeah. And I was like, I'm a baby. Like, why should I be meeting these people? You know, <laughs> whose idea is this? Whose idea is this? But yeah. uh, they knew I could play the piano. And so, um, I started leading like in kids worship and then mm. in youth worship and then for like main worship. But yeah, I mean, these worship pastors who I grew up with also is crazy. Like I look back and they were just my friends, but, um, I was leading at the same church as like Corey Asbury, who a lot yeah. of people know now and John Egan and like people who have great skill in what they do. Like, it's not just right. like whatever, but so I just didn't know that growing up. I thought they're just my friends and they're asking me to lead with them and write songs with them. And um, it was amazing to be asked to do that stuff as a teenager. So props to them as well for like taking chances yeah. on someone so young and like not looking down on that and seeing what could be, you know? Right. Um, and so I think it's so important for us to do that for each other. Um, but also to receive that and put ourselves in places where, people can pour into us like that. I mean, that's the church anyway, you know, but um, I've been so grateful for that all through my life. But to receive it too, to step into that and say, I'm I'm stepping into this knowing someone has seen something in me, but I'm going to be moldable, teachable. I'm going to be a sponge here because I want to learn, not coming in going, I deserve to be here. You obviously saw something in me and now (laughs) here I am. So it's the, it's the teachable attitude. Totally. Yeah. Come in with an open heart. And like, I mean, I think sometimes it's easier when you're young too. And you're like, I don't really know what I'm doing at all. <laughs> you know, right. when I was 16 and learning how to write songs or whatever. Um, but I think as we, you know, as we grow, it's like, we, there, we never run out of things to be learning from each other. And like, mm-hmm. it's, it's such a powerful thing. Yeah. Yeah. So you, when did you move to Nashville? I was 18. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then you went to school. I went to school. Yeah. Yeah. That was 
crazy. I never thought I'd end up in Nashville either, which is so funny because now it's like, obviously, like yeah, it would be obviously. A place for this. Yeah. Um, but no, I just picked it because I, I liked the school. I liked Belmont University as a place. And I knew I wanted to study music and theology together in some way. Um, and so their music program is great. And they had a theology thing that I could do. And so, um, so I got to study those together and then ended up staying and doing a master's degree there too. So I was just in school for longer than I ever thought I'd be. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. But what a great position. You're in the right position in the right place mm-hmm. to meet people who yeah. then would invite you to learn and grow and take chances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've was- been hooked up with some songwriters yeah. and some producers that like would spin your head. Yeah. 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 I mean, you get to Nashville and you're like, how is everyone so good at this? Like, yeah, right. (laughs) I'm from Colorado or wherever you come from. And you're like, everybody is incredible and pursuing a lot of the same things. So it can be really discouraging at first of like, why would, why would my thing, you know, work if someone else doesn't, you know, like, so that was a hard thing to kind of get over once I got here. I can imagine. And But here's the thing that I, for me, and this is the thing, obviously, that it's my favorite thing in the world, but what Mm -hmm. I hear in you and what I've felt from you is is this incredible supernatural joy that Uh radiates from you, that is infused into almost all of your music. There's this theme of God's faithfulness, his love, his power that produces great joy in our lives. I mean, I went back. I was listening to your first albums in 2020, right? (laughs) Which... It's, and they're all so beautiful and unique. Yeah. And I mean, my favorites are, you know, I love, I love the acoustic piano. I mean, yeah. just the new stuff, but gosh, I was writing some things down. I just was so grateful mm. to hear this message and this sound wow. coming from you because in, in our world, the thing that's the reason why I'm so passionate about about screaming from the mountaintops, joy is yeah. for you yeah. is because joy is forgotten about, relegated, overlooked, you know, relegated to the corner. It's the, I say, it feels like that it's the optional cherry on the Sunday of the gospel. Like oh, man. in the life of a Christian, it's sort of like, mm, maybe you want a cherry. Oh, maybe you don't. That's a bummer though. Yeah, no. exactly. <laughs> and so it's so frustrating um, yeah. when we engage with the lies that the enemy wants us to believe about joy. And yet you're coming out hot out of the box. Like, no, it's rooted. It's gratitude. It's rooted in God's faithfulness. Look what he's done in your life. Look what he's continuing to do. And I get excited about that because this world needs joy and we are the ones to bring it. And we can't bring what we don't have. Yeah. We got to get in there and grab a hold of it. And so, I mean, pretty much every song that you sing engages with, this idea that yeah. joy is real joy is for you. So I want to know your journey. Like, how did you get to that place? Where did you find joy? Where did you grab a hold of the tangible, real, powerful joy? Not just like the thought yeah, of it. That's good. I think like you're saying how some people think it's optional. Like, yeah, I think that might be because people equate joy as being the same as being happy. Yeah. I don't know if you talk about this at all, but yeah. Like people think it's, you know, coming from things or coming from circumstance and that like, we just have to separate those things, I think, Um, because, 
yeah, happiness is great. It comes and goes, it ebbs and flows, like that's fine, but we can actually have joy all the time. And I've learned that, um, I'm still learning that, you know, but, um, Mm -hmm. it really goes back to when I received Jesus for the first time. Like, I think this is so interesting. I think we need to talk about this with church kids, people who've grown up in the church, you know, um, like, I I said the prayer with my parents when I was little to like invite Jesus into my heart, but I like didn't really get it for a long time. And when I was a teenager, I like started trying to read my Bible and like press into the things they were saying at church. And I just did not feel it at all. Um, And so I'm like learning things. I'm like, okay, feelings are not maybe a thing I can trust all the time because I'm not feeling this at all. But I see how other people are experiencing this thing. So I know it's real. Um, and so I just started asking the Lord, I was like, Lord, I, I can't lie about this. Like, I can't say I believe something that I don't, I need you to meet me in a real way. Or like, I, I gotta be done. Cause I can't, I can't lie about this. Yeah. And so I just gave him like a, I need you to meet me like soon, you know? And I was going to a conference that week and I experienced the Holy Spirit for the first time. And that's the best joy you'll ever get, you know, it's like, that'll do it. And so I, the only way that I can explain that experience and that switch is that it was like, I was seeing the world in black and white. And then all of a sudden it was bright colors. Well, there's a song about that. There's a song about that. (laughs) So, yeah. So I write about that experience a lot because it's like, it's so weird to me still how I was in it the whole time. Like I was in the house of the Lord, like felt like I should have been getting it, but it took me asking and God coming through for me to like really receive him. And so I, I count that as like the turning point for me and that I've never looked back from that experience once you experience the Holy Spirit. And so when I talk about joy, I feel like, you know, if we actually look at the fruit of the spirit, it's love, joy, peace, patience. Yeah. You know? And sometimes I even wonder if the order matters in that. It does matter. hundred. It does. So in the Hebrew culture, yeah. orders and lists are very important. And this is not an arbitrary list. Right. Right. So it makes sense that love comes yeah. first, right? Yeah. And then right after that, we have joy. Yeah, so exactly. I, like it's not optional at all. <laughs> And it just happens as a result of the Holy Spirit. And I think that's what people don't get is like, I think, you know, we can ask for joy and that's great. But if we ask for the spirit of God, joy will overflow. Like it's just a thing that happens. So I think we need to be asking the Holy Spirit to come and fill us, you know? And so that's like, (laughs) that's the whole thing I'm screaming about. It's like, (laughs) it's so good once that happens for you and it's available to everybody. So, right. Right. And the, the, but the pushback is, yeah. And, and this is what I, I love to start most of my talks when I'm speaking at places. I go, good news, your joy and my joy don't have to look the same. Yeah. They don't have to express themselves the same way because people believe the lie that, that, but I'm not, you know, a perky extrovert or I'm a stoic, I'm an academic. I don't experience, quote, joy the way you would. Yeah. And that's the beauty. Duh. The Lord knows that he's created you and your experience of the Holy Spirit is unique because, you know, God's far bigger than our box or our presentation of what it could look like. And the filling of the Holy Spirit manifests itself in so many ways. Yeah. I love that. But it includes joy. 
It does. Yeah. And you're right. Like some of the most joyful people I know are very quiet and reserved. And like, that's awesome. Like, but you, it's something that is so felt and so noticeable is like, Mm -hmm. you know, I think about like my grandpa in this, like he is a man of few words, you know, but there's like a steadiness and a joy in that, that you can see. So that's so good for people to make that distinction too. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Because I think, like you were saying, happiness and joy are not. I like to say they're cousins. They are related for sure. They can, they're in the same family, but they're well, they not the same. Themselves the same sometimes. Yes, you know. And we can feel happy, sure, with joy. Oh, for sure. Also, we can feel unhappy and still have joy. Yeah. I like to define. I've sort of created my own definition of joy because it's so. It feels it's just not as tangible, yeah. right? Yeah, I can sort of identify happiness, but joy is harder. And so I describe it as a buoyant sense of well-being mm. rooted in the love of the Father, the person and pa- and uh, work of Jesus and the yeah. power and presence of the Holy Spirit. So it's this thing. So when you said, you know, your grandfather, it just runs deep, this sort of contentment, yeah. this well, deep, deep well of faithfulness, like trust in God. Yeah. That's that buoyant sense of well-being because it's he's not going under. Yeah. So it helps steady us for someone like me, who's, you know, kind of all over the place. I'm not, I'm not like a yo-yoer, but I have a pretty frenetic energy often. And, and yet I can also be calm and and steady. But if I show up and I'm, and I'm sort of like that, people are like, you okay? Yeah, Yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. But this, this buoyant sense of well being can look different and that's why those who are more quiet and more subtle, they're not missing joy. It's just not totally. as frenetic as some of our expressions. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's good to make the distinction between a personality thing and also, you know, between a, in a circumstance way, you know, yeah. you, there might be, your life might be falling apart yeah. and that doesn't mean your joy falls apart, you know? Yeah. And that's always been like such a mystery to me. I'm like, I don't really know. Like, how does that work? God, you know, and he's like, well, cause he's consistent. The Holy spirit is consistent through it. Yeah. Um, but that was even a thing while we were writing this project, this amen project, like I knew it was going to be a bunch of songs about joy and I was writing it with some friends. Um, and we ended up having, so in Nashville, while we were writing this project, there was a shooting at one of our schools. Yes. And wow. the, producer who produced amen his kids go to that school his wife Mm. teaches at that school oh my goodness so they were like shaken you know and everything's shaken in that way they they knew all the kids and you know um it just yeah shook us up and it's like his perspective in writing these songs was like so invaluable because Mm. he would say things like he was like I just didn't know that like grief and gratitude could exist at the same time this way like fullness of both of those Mm -hmm. you know and pain and joy could exist at the same time and not take away from the other you know it was like a hundred percent both and and the church really came around them and and studied them too but he was like, I just want people to know that like, it doesn't, whatever you're walking through doesn't have to take away the steadiness of Jesus, you know, um, even in feeling the depth of those things, like, you know, joy doesn't mean that we like push it away, 
you know, or like discount that things are hard. We don't say, oh, things are fine. Everything's great, you know, because we have joy. Like that's not it. You have a song that talks about count it all joy. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes that feels mean, cruel. Yeah. Yeah. It feels, it feels like you're just spiritually bypassing my pain. Right. But I think that, you know, in in James, he's not trying to be mean. He's not trying to be mean. It's just <laughs> when you go through those things, you come out on the other side and go, oh, yeah. I, I get it. Right. It's building something in us. Totally. There is purpose behind that. Yeah. And I was going to ask you that too, because writing a book on joy and, and a ministry on joy, and this is what I do. Um, it, it often kind of, not to create any fear in anyone, but there will be testing. Like, right. oh yeah, this is what you preach. Do you believe it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And, and so I had a feeling that you don't get to a point where you write these things without any testing, without any trial. No. Yeah. And so it, it makes sense that you guys were going through that yeah. during this time. Yeah. And multiple people going through different things, you know? Um, sure. It was, you know, for me, I've been in Nashville now almost seven years. And so part of where I was writing from was like, it just felt like even seven years has felt like a long road to get to where we are. And, um, you know, I'm so thankful. So like I was in such a place of like rejoicing and kind of being on the other side of some things. So then to have co-writers who are in it right now, like there was such a balance there of like, I get to tell you from the other side of my thing that the testing is going to work out. Like God yeah. has you from the other side and you're in the middle of your thing. And when I say count it all joy, that doesn't feel good to you because it's yeah. <laughs> that like hurts almost in the middle yes. of it. Like, no, yes. I, no it's not, yeah. you know, but yeah. from the other side to yeah. be like, no, like God, God has written this whole story already. And so to encourage each other in that too was a really cool part of the process. Right. Yeah. So there's some like big stuff surrounding you right now, right? I mean, right. I saw that video of you in Times Square with your face on those. <laughs> Come on. That was so weird. That was so weird. So weird. You're being yeah. recognized and celebrated yeah. as a new artist. And and even though you've been around this this public recognition and yeah. some momentum, right? Radio airplay and things like that. So I'm imagining that mm. you are living into a dream that that maybe you didn't even know how to dream. Totally. Totally. Because did you ever did you when you were dreaming, let's say yeah. 10 years ago? Sure. Were you imagining yourself as the front person? So, yes, I think I think in some ways yes, like I I love to write songs and I knew that God was not only calling me to write songs, but he wanted me to carry those songs. Okay. So I, in order to do that, I knew I needed to be an artist, but I didn't really want to admit that to myself. <laughs> I think for a while, I like I love leading worship so much and I love teaching music so much. So I mm-hmm. thought I'd be more in that realm yeah. of things. Um, well, and as a piano player, especially one who gets this commercial piano degree, yeah. right? Because it yeah. feels like you can hide behind that a little. Mm-hmm. I'm here as a support. Right. And I love yeah. being that person. Sure. I love being that person a lot. And to me, for a while, I was looking at the artist thing and I was like, 
that almost felt selfish to me to pursue that because yes. there is a lot of recognition that comes with it. Yes. And the more that I go, I learned that you actually can't be selfish about it. It's like, <laughs> there's a lot of hard things that comes with it too. And yeah. it's all of it wrapped together and I'm so grateful to do it. But um, it's just, yeah, it's been a funny journey because then in college, like stuff started happening and I was like, okay, Lord, like I'm, I'm going to actually believe you can do what you say you're wanting to do. Yeah. Um, and so um, it's been a really powerful thing to, you know, it's taken more years than I maybe thought he, cause he could do it so fast. He could be like, not nah, just, you know, Oh yes. But, I understand. <laughs> but I think <laughs> even like we're talking about sometimes the testing and like the long way around takes you yeah. places you, you never thought you'd be. So I'm really thankful for the timing of the Lord. And then it's now. But yeah. it is hard because you've released two full like albums before mm -hmm. this one. Yeah. Like yeah. They they were there. And they, it, were there. <laughs> they were there. And I yeah, I felt the need to even do that. Like I I was releasing music independently just because I was writing so much and and wanted it to be out there, even for my own like growth, you know, we'll put something out and then we'll put something else out and and see what hits people. But um I thought I might be independent forever and just you know, walk that road and travel and it, it was working great, you know, and then just last year, um, I met a really amazing label that I was like, this would be it if we ever did anything. And so we signed last year and it's been the best and it like the Lord has used them to make all this happen. So wow. it's been really cool. So let me ask you this, what, what dreams are deep inside of you now? Because mm. you're you're living it, you're walking it, you're standing in Times Square, going, "That's my face." Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> yeah, and and you're living out this thing. So I'll I'll give you just a little bit on my end. Yeah, I'm that. a big dreamer. I'm a big prayer. I have come on prayed prayers er, fervently that have come to fruition that are wild, like what cool. crazy big things, right? Yeah. And then I was working on this book, getting this book out. The way it started was so gangbusters and so wild, like just crazy. I thought, yeah, well, this is going to be so easy. Can you give me like the, the abridged version of that. I want to know about what happened. Yeah. What I happened? went to my very first writer's conference. I was like, I think this thing, this idea that I have is going to be a, a book. Okay. And the Lord told me it's not just a book. It's a movement about joy. This was seven years ago before joy was a thing. There was yeah. no joy. No one's talking about joy. <laughs> But I, the Lord said, this is a movement. And then, of course, I'm like, I'm carrying a movement. <laughs> of course I am. Right. And I thought, that's crazy, Lord. But I felt like this thing that he gave me was going to be was a book. But mm. I was like, I don't know how to do that. Yeah. So somebody paid for me to go to this Christian writers conference in cool. Southern California. And I walk in and I'm telling you, it was so funny. It was like Elle Woods goes to a writers conference. Like, here I am. I showed up. I had a, I had a book proposal that was in this like, like heart, it, like it, might, it, it was might as well have been scented on like pink paper. Right. And I had a little, I have a branded t-shirt that my husband made me and I'm walking around and it was Elle Woods goes to incredible. incredible. There, here I am. The very first uh, literary agent I meet with signs me pretty much on the spot. No. The next publisher I talked to immediately goes, "Who's your, do you have an agent? I said, well, I just talked to this girl. She goes, hold on. They have an argument in front of me over who's going to publish my book and it's going to happen now. And oh my gosh, we have to have this girl. It becomes this whole thing, right? And I'm like, oh, Whoa. here it is. 
Yeah. Here it is. Yeah. So after that conference, I must, I have a sign, like it takes people forever to, yeah. to get on age, whatever. Right. Yes. And here I am. I'm like, oh, that was easy. <laughs> I hear right after that, I go to this like conference for speakers and authors and whatever with all these other women. And they're talking about the process of writing a book. And one of the women speaking is like, gosh, yeah, it really does take about five years. And they're talking about how labored it is and difficult. And I'm like, for you, maybe. <laughs> what do you mean? That is no, this is done and done in like 18 months. Like, that, yeah. no, we're, we're good. Yeah. And then the real work. So then here's my actual book proposal. It starts to go out <laughs> and every single publisher said no. Mm -hmm. Every one of them. Mm -hmm. My agent literally calls me and she's like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. I, I don't know what to do. Years later, then I finally got picked up by one and it was like, okay. And it literally was, she calls me. She said, everyone has said no. However, there's this one. And I'm, and I'm bawling my eyes out. And my husband's like, isn't that the story? That's the story. The I'm one. And a year later, Natalie, they broke my contract no. and didn't publish my book. It was right about to go on presale. Literally right about. No, it's done. It, like it was done. It had an ISBN number. It was ready no. to go on presale. They broke my contract. That's devastating. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was I was just a shell of a human. Be, right. Crying yeah. out to the Lord. What the heck? Like yeah. you said this in the meantime. So all the publishers, especially that first one I met at yeah. that conference, Gets back to my agent with my, you know, when she finally got my actual big proposal, she said, yeah. joy's not a thing. Nobody's doing joy right now. Right. Seven years ago. So then by the time my book finally, you know, gets an yeah. actual publisher, which was a few months after, that's a whole wild story. But a few really? months after this one broke up with me, I go, <laughs> some guy like chases me down in the lobby of a hotel. Are you the joy girl? I want to publish your book. It the was crazy. Joy girl. Are you the joy girl? So. He they publish it, praise God. It comes out a year later, but in the meantime, all kinds of books, books, songs, signs, joys everywhere. Love it. And I'm like, Lord, you told me before all this that I was going to be a part of this, right? So it took so long for this thing to be birthed. Seven, yeah. and of course, it was seven years. I've talked about this too. Like, I didn't know. Someone's like, How long has this process been? And I was like, I don't know, maybe five, six, seven, like. Of I haven't thought about that. It's been seven for me it's too. Been seven. That's crazy. <gasps> oh my gosh. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> That's, see, we're destined. We're oh, new. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and I just roll my eyes like, of course, Lord, seven years. Well, I get to the point, I'm having this conversation, and a friend of mine says, So now what? Hmm. And I was like, I don't know. What do you mean? Yeah. And and they said, Well, you I, I have made this book thing, the mountain to get up and over. Yeah. And I stopped dreaming or believing that there's something on the other side of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that was really hard. Yeah. To, to, because I've always said I'm a huge dreamer. I dream, I want to dream so big that it's, there's an impossibility for me to accomplish these things. Yeah. And, and yet the big thing in front of us becomes so big mm. that, it the, it makes, makes us over. small. Yeah. We feel so small, and it that mountain is insurmountable. And then as that I climbed it, I'm at the top, and I'm looking down and like, wow, we did this. Then what? So mm -hmm. that's where I've been, um, really leaning in with the Lord and saying, now what do you have for me? Yeah, because that's not the end of it. That's just. Yeah. But so I'm I'm asking you, like, 
you are living in a moment that you probably couldn't have dreamed Mm -hmm. or you did, but you thought, well, gosh, I don't know how. Right. And now what? Totally. I, I love that. And I love the way you're talking about it. Like that was totally a thing for me too. It was almost like, well, the, the first dream was this, you know, to like, you know, maybe someday I'll have a team and a record deal and, you know, go on tour. Like that was like, yeah the the start of the dream I guess um and you sure did you just came off tour we're doing it yeah you're going back it feels awesome and like I've always said like success to me would be doing music full-time and like getting to just focus on that so doing that I feel like we've already made it you know (laughs) so right that to me was the mountain for so long um that I've felt this similar thing of like now that all that is feels so secure. Like I feel more like supported and taken care of than I ever have. Like it lets you dream for the next thing. So I feel like for a long time I had, you know, dreams for maybe the next year or like next few months, what I could see. And now I'm like dreaming 10 year dreams where I'm, you know, like I feel like it's harder for me to see like next week and easier to see (laughs) 10 years (laughs) from now. That's fair. <laughs> um, but I mean, your dreams change too. Like this, yes. this was a very, like, it felt like an impossible thing for me to even get here. Um, and it was very like more, more tangible things I would say, even of like going on a tour and those sorts of things. And now I'm like asking for less of that and more about, you know, creating a movement and for the music to matter to people and, for connections to be made there and for people to come to know the Lord. And, um, you know, I'm asking for those big things and I think it's going to, it's just going to be so fun as we go along. Like it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. And I can't wait to see what he'll do. He'll, he'll blow my dreams out of the water again. You know, oh, yeah. he'll do stuff. Like I, I never thought about my face on a billboard. Are you kidding? Like <laughs> <laughs> never crossed my mind my whole life. Like, um, but it's not just stuff like that. It's like on this last tour, yeah. we saw more than 600 people come to know Jesus for the first time. Like yeah. that is, that's the best part of it all. And these little videos that you're talking about that I post online, like people say that they bring their hearts back to be open to the Lord again. Like yeah. those are the dreams now. And I just, I want to be able to steward those and, um, I'm still learning how to do that from the seat that I'm in, you know, mm. um, because I love to walk with people and I can't walk with all those people day to day, but I can. Okay. So encourage. I agree. This is the thing. Yeah. Um, people are like, oh, you're doing this. I, I do a lot of things, right? If it has yeah. to do with communication, right? Radio, TV, public, like mm-hmm. books, all the things. I'm kind of in all those spaces, but the thing that I love more than anything is like yeah. personal connection with people. Mm-hmm. So it feels I, I probably with you too, it feels unfair. Like yeah. you send this out, people connect with you, but you're like, I want to, I want to meet you. Like, yeah. I want to hear your story. Totally. Yeah. And I love that. Like, I think the heart of God is discipleship. He loves yeah. people walking with people over long periods of time. And so when I don't get to do that, I, I was recently complaining to the Lord about that. <laughs> I was like, I don't get to do that with people. And like, I go from city to city and like might get yeah. little interactions with people. And he was like, well, Jesus did that. Like, that's what Jesus did. Come on. He went from city to city and had meaningful 
interactions with people that changed the course of their life. Like, but he did it with a team and the Lord's given you a team. Yes. Yes. And that is so gracious. That's, that's where I've been too. So again, all the things that I do are so solo, right? Mm -hmm. I sit, I sit at a microphone and I talk to people, but I'm by myself and I travel and I speak at conferences and I'm like, here I am by myself. Right. And so my husband and I own a coffee shop. I'm in, I'm in Knoxville. So we're really close. No way. Yeah. I have to come see you. That's amazing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We could fly to Delaware together. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'm flying to Nashville. Where are you flying from? Right. Well, Knoxville, but still we can meet. (laughs) So, um, it's so fun because my favorite thing in life now though, is just to be like, if I'm not traveling or whatever, like right after this, I'm going to go back to my coffee shop. And I just love being there to see these people every day. And my, nothing gives me more joy than to hire people and work with them and love on them and, and welcome people into our space. Yeah. You know, our, our coffee shop is not faith forward. Like we're Mm -hmm. not, we don't have like, people don't know. Yeah. Our employees know, like they watch us have interactions because my husband and I are both pastors, but we don't, we don't lead with that. Sure. It's not like sometimes I'll meet like, yeah, no, there are plenty of places in this world that are like, you know, Yes. But everyone, everyone feels welcome to come to yeah. our shop. It's great. And then they're just met by love and, and yeah. acceptance. And now on our wall, so this artist behind me, his name is Aaron Brown, and he has created these pictures for our shop because we've mm. had him do all kinds of um, uh, like commissioned paintings for us. Yeah. And so we had him commission, we, we commissioned him to take our, our nitro, our coffee shop is intrepid nitro coffee and tea bar. And it means fearless. Intrepid means fearless, you know, resolute, courageous. And so the, the root of our, our core values, it comes from second Timothy. God yeah. didn't come to bring a spirit of fear, but power, love, and self-discipline. So on. the iconography on our wall are these really cool pictures of mm-hmm. like a a lion with butterfly wings or a bear oh, with a ship on his back. It, they're really, really cool. And each one says power, love, or self-discipline. So if you come into the shop you that's and you awesome. see those, if you know anything about, you'd be like, oh, they love Jesus. Right. Like that, yeah. You don't see power, love, and self-discipline many places. It's true. But if you put it, if you put it together, you're like, oh yeah. Yeah. So we don't have a place that's really faith forward in that way. But yeah. I get to love on and disciple the, without them, no, it's covert. It's total covert operation. It's the best. The people yeah. that sit at our coffee bar, because it feels like a craft brewery. It's got all these taps of nitro coffee and it's Love. really fun. So oh, cool. Fun. So they sit at our bar. They come yeah. in like cheers, right? They just come in and sit at our bar for yeah. hours at a time. And we get to just walk with them in their life, pour yeah. into them. Then they bring their, you know, kids or their mom or their whatever. Yeah. And so it is an answer to prayer because I'm like, Lord, I... I'm so grateful to get to do what I do, but also I have we met? I don't want to do this alone. (laughs) Remember me? You've created this creature to do things with a team. Yeah. I would rather do team stuff all day than by myself. And yet the Lord has pushed me Mm. and led me to stand by myself on a platform. Yeah. But you know, we don't we can't do that unless there's a team Mm. behind us. Mm -mm. Like there's it's there's no such thing as a real solo artist. Like Yes. No, that's so true. You are surrounded by amazing people. They are amazing. And and I love that you are so quick to give credit to oh. you know, your co-writers or or the people who've given you an opportunity in life. But they're just incredible. Like 
yeah. each of them and their story, like they're all miracles, you know, it's so cool. Yeah. And so now going forward, you have opportunity to, to give others yeah. a chance to yeah. say, where's that young Best. hot shot, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or the one who was overlooked. Yes. It's the best. It's like, I mean, I started praying for that a couple of years ago of like, yeah. it. what's so crazy to me is that like, this is my dream that I'm living. And somehow mm -hmm. this is also their dream that they're living, yeah. you know, like they, maybe they dreamed of being an agent or they dreamed of, you know, working at a label or whatever, like their dreams are also coming true. The things that the Lord has spoken over them are also happening. Wow. So wow. that's the coolest part to watch. Like God has written each of our stories and let them like weave together this way. It's okay. Wild. This is, I haven't talked about this in a while. I'm so glad you brought this up because for those listening who are not singer songwriters, speakers, yeah. authors, quote, in the limelight, those of us who get a lot of attention out on the platform. Before all this, I was a professional actor on, on stage in theater. Nice. So, but people would regularly refer or assume it's like actor with a capital A, mm -hmm. like actor, like you're more something than anyone else, but you're no. right. The teacher, the nurse, the policeman, the mailman that right. <laughs> capital M, capital A, right. It's, it's not, there's nothing more important mm -mm. about the roles that we're the things that we're living into than no. someone else's great calling. Yeah. And, and not that our career, or our job is necessarily our great calling, right? Sometimes they sure. are hand in hand and sometimes they're not, but, yeah. but what a reminder that mm. we in these roles that we're having a chance to, to fill, yeah. we're not more special. No, we're all doing the same thing in different ways. Like, that's right. You know, we're all, and that's what I come back to when God gives us like the great commission or he gives yeah. us the great commandment to love each other and love people. And that's what we're all doing in different ways. Like yeah. it looks different, but it's the same thing if we're believers and pressing into that. So yeah, people yeah the dream, the dream of an actor, the dream of a musician, that's not more important or better. Mm -mm. It's just the, the dream. Thing. Yeah. yeah, the dream of someone who goes, I want a legacy of children, or I want you know, to have great influence in my city, yeah. in city planning, or whatever, right? It, it, yeah. God is it's at important. work, meeting yeah. meeting needs and bringing his goodness and glory. And and we are all called, yeah. given the opportunity to receive his love, yeah. to receive it, and then bring it everywhere we go. That's why the thing that I do, the Joybringer podcast, the Joybringer book, the radio because it's not that I'm, I'm not the joy bringer. It's mm -hmm. Jesus. Right. We receive that joy. And then collectively all of us, what would the world be like yeah. if we all brought with us wherever we went, this crazy, powerful bundle of joy that has the power to transform the world. Yeah. Yeah. And our work is important in that way. I just read this great book called garden city. It's so good. Yeah. You should read it if you haven't. It's It yeah. talks about how in the beginning, God created a garden. And at the end, he'll come back to a new heaven and a new earth. It's a city. It's a garden city. And that's all of our work <sighs> in the end that God includes in the new creation. So it's like all of our parts that we're playing in, in our work, you know, are yeah. actually looking to a new kingdom. 
you know, he could have gone back to just a garden, but it's a city now because of all the things that we bring and we need mm. all the parts to make that work, you know? And so, yeah. but all looking to the same thing and to the new coming, like, yeah, I think that's so important for us to remember. I agree. And I just want to reiterate again that your dreams are so precious to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like those listening, your dreams are so precious yeah. and they don't need to look a certain way or, or be, you know, on the platform. That's yeah. not, that's not more important. And, and it's important in this new year and this life that it's not about what you can accomplish, yeah. but it's about recognizing who you are and that God cares so deeply yeah. about, about what he's planted in you. Right. And, he and them there. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's, it's wild how he doesn't let them die. Like he'll oh. go back and bring something out in me. He's I've crazy. experienced it in other people. And they're like, this is something I thought died when I was 11, you know? Right. Totally. But he cares. But it is scary to dream. It is scary to dream. It is scary to say, God, um, maybe if you would, maybe <laughs> uh, this would be kind of cool, right? Totally. Yeah. And yet he's inviting us to state our dreams and state them out loud, just yeah. like we are invited to state our gratitude out loud. That's yeah. what I love about your music. It encourages us to speak it out loud. Mm-hmm. Say it out loud. Let's mm-hmm. and sometimes, yeah, that's the hardest thing to do. Yeah, gratitude. Really it sounds hard. fluffy and cute. No, but it's actually dirty. <laughs> it's like nitty and gritty because I don't want to be grateful right now. Oh, totally. Yeah, Most that's hard. Mm-hmm. My husband has said that you know because I, I, I this is what I preach right, and sometimes he'll be like, I'll have a been having a you know a moment. <laughs> A pity party moment. Oh, yeah. He'll be like, so what are you grateful for? I'm like, back up, sir, because I'm going to hit you. Like, that is not no. what you want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> what can I throw at you right now? Like, right. Yeah. You know, but it is it is so powerful. Gratitude is the gateway to the kingdom. And we can sit in this moment and say, you know what, Lord? I'm just, I am grateful that you care, that you care yeah. about these dreams that I forgot about. Mm. You, you are. You forget. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. No. And yeah. yeah, I just want to encourage you, Natalie, and anyone listening to keep dreaming yeah. and state those dreams to the Lord because the way we count it all joy, the way we have great joy is because of his faithfulness, right? Yeah. So if we can state our dreams, which takes courage. It does. Because hope and disappointment, those are those are hard things. They're so hard. Yeah. So if we state our yeah. dreams, we are at risk of being disappointed. Sure. But, but to state them, you know? Yeah. yeah. And watch what the Lord can do and how yeah. he does it. Oh. Because again, that's the best seven, part. Seven years ago, I thought this was going to be the easiest thing in the world. Seven years ago, you were like, oh, here I go. I got an album out, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. the history with the Lord is the thing that sustains us when we're in times of crisis and trial. We can yeah. look back and go, but look what he's done. Totally. Yeah. And we can look back and and see those prayers too as like yeah. markers of like, remember when I prayed this and I thought it could never happen and then it did. You know, I love you're saying state it out loud because the more I learn about this, I'm like, the Lord already knows our dreams. Yeah. Like he knows that stuff. So us saying it out loud is really us admitting it to ourselves. You know, it's really just an act of courage and honesty with our own hearts, you know, because he put those dreams yeah. there. So 
um, yeah. he's going to use them a lot of times in a different way or a different time. Yeah. Than we think, you know, like we just jump to conclusions about him, but he has something usually crazier than anything we ever dreamed. So. Oh, for real. He's, he's pretty wild. I actually found uh, a, a, a document. I think it's on an email draft. I don't know about you. That's where I'm like, I got an idea. I draft an email and I say, yeah. And I found one and it was from 2021. I think it was maybe like, so, so now what two, is that two years ago? Are we yeah. at three? I don't know. Yeah. Where are we? <laughs> and I was reading it and there are things on there that I don't remember putting mm. that in no way would I have known would yeah. have been on the horizon. And now those are actual things that I'm in works talks with and things. I'm like, dang. Yeah. No, it's crazy. It is crazy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. State your dreams. People need to say them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is on, you know, not to be a creeper, but this is really like just an unknown dream to be with you and spend time with you today. Me too. To, to take it from, I just am so blessed by this girl and I could never even imagine to, to having a conversation and to be able to get to work with you. And I, I can't, can't wait to give wait. you a big hug and yeah. see what the Lord's going to do and, and brag about God's faithfulness together. Yeah. It's the best. It is the what best. What else could we dream of? You know, <laughs> it's so thank good. you for your time. Thank you. for so, your time. Okay. Where can we find you? What do you got going on? Tell us about it. So much is going on, man. Okay. So, um, I just finished a tour with Danny Goki and no big deal. Just no big deal. Crazy. Love him. You know. <laughs> um, it was so much fun. And yeah. I'm going on tour with Brandon Heath in the spring. Oh, so people can come see us for that. Yeah. It's going to be so much fun. Um, yeah. And yeah, I just released an EP on Friday of all the piano versions of the songs um, that we've released this year. And um, everybody can find that at natalielane.com. Everything's there. Yeah. And it's yeah. L-A-Y-N-E, Natalie yeah. Lane. Yeah. The spelling is tricky. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's beautiful and you are a wonder and a oh, delight you and are. an absolute joy bringer. And I am so grateful for you joining me today. I'm so grateful. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Joybringer podcast. I would love to connect with you. Find me on social media or on my website at seasonedhours.com. For more information on how to live like the gospel is good news, check out my book, The Joybringer Challenge. You can buy it anywhere books are sold or on my website. Thanks again for listening. And hey, I love you.